What is good? Welcome to Spiritville Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life, and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. Hello, hello. It is Tune In Tuesday over here. If you are new, Tune In Tuesday is simply when we have Spirit-Filled Real Talk. So you're going to want to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. And while you're at it, listen all the way through this episode, like it, comment, share. When you do all of those things, you get a free gift from me. I actually send you the God's Vibes Matter devotional for free. So you'll get a free copy of that. You can go to julianapage.com forward slash podcast to input your information and claim your free devotional. Also, there are some exciting things under the Work With Me tab over at julianapage.com. You can get plugged into Courage Co. and be a part of the prayer calls that we have totally free. So you can go ahead and join over there and join that virtual community. And I am also gearing up to launch the God's Vibes Mastermind. This is a program that you're not gonna wanna miss, and I'm opening enrollment for that soon, so you wanna be on the lookout. The best way to know about that is to join Courage Co., because I'll be announcing all those details in there. So go to julianapage.com under the Work With Me tab and find Courage Co. Okay, today, (laughs) and this feels like a timely message, I don't know, you can let me know, you can, Follow me on social media at Miss Juliana Page at MS Juliana, J U L I A N A Page, P A G E, and give me some feedback. I'll have a post about this podcast, or you might have found the podcast from the post, but I would love to hear your thoughts. Progress comes from rest. Progress comes from rest. Now, I will be the first to tell you that I was like, Psh, really though? Like, you're full of it, right? Like, who, who got time to rest, okay? Like, I gotta like hustle, I gotta figure out life, I gotta keep going, like, nobody got time to be still. Like, what could possibly come from that? Like, you can just like hang out and be lazy? Like, let's break this down. Or like, who has time to go on these like huge vacations? How could that even be productive? quote unquote, right? So I used to have thoughts like this in my mind. I was just so incessant on moving forward in the way that I thought that made sense that I couldn't even entertain the fact that slowing down would lead to greater progress for me, okay? So this episode might create some discomfort from you, might give you a little bit of resistance, but Hear me out, because this will definitely bless you if you can catch this revelation. Okay, so first and foremost, the scariest thing about developing a relationship with God, I remember thinking like, 
but I don't have time for that. Like, you know, some, some people that know how to do that, first of all, like they can just make time for that, but I don't even know how. So it's just going to be extra time for me. And then secondly, if I get that time to God, then how am I going to like focus on work and like get everything else done that I need to get done? Because I just don't have that kind of time. Like, how is that going to work? People talk about all this time you got to spend and it's just, I don't get it. Right. But here's the thought that you can replace that with. God will never penalize you for prioritizing him. Shoof! God will never penalize you for prioritizing him. So what I've actually found to be true is that every bit, every ounce of time that I spend with God, he maximizes. Like he even multiplies it. He doesn't just maximize it. He multiplies it. So if I gave God even 15 minutes, suddenly I have like three more hours in my day. Somehow. I've just got the grace for it. I've I've become more aware of, of ways to do things efficiently. I'm not doing things in my own strength or leaning on my own understanding. So they just happen to flow better. And sure enough, I've saved three hours of my day <laughs> just from 15 minutes. So imagine if you do give God an hour or a couple of hours on different days where maybe you're not going to work, how he can bring forth different revelation to you or highlight things to you or just bring healing to you. Just phenomenal. So try on that thought. One, I've given you two really great golden nuggets already. Number one, progress comes from rest. Just entertain that thought. And then number two, God will never penalize you for prioritizing him. So imagine if God actually could multiply every amount of time, every minute rather that you spend with him, imagine how your day might flow differently. Because the reality is progress never flows from stress. It never comes from stress. We think so. That's what we're taught. That's actually socially acceptable. Let me sacrifice myself to such a degree that I'm totally depleted and I become a workaholic and I set a beautiful example for everyone around me of how overwhelmed I am, how stressed out I am, and how I have no time to be present with you and I'm just way more important. What kind of message is that sending, right? Progress never comes from stress. We don't have presence when we're stressed out. We don't have capacity to receive creativity and wisdom and revelation and divine guidance and divine downloads, right? And strategies. And even if we did catch a glimpse of one, right? We wouldn't have the ability to actually sit with it and apply it and process it, right? Because we don't think about when you're on a journey, Right. Or even when you've read the stories in the Bible about circling the mountain several times and it going on way longer than it needed to. It was a really short path and then it took years suddenly just because you didn't catch the lesson. Right. So we make things way more complicated. So, for example, a lot of times lessons keep coming around until we learn. And so for some people, this takes a big breaking point to actually catch the lesson. It doesn't need to take that, but for some it does in order to wake them up. So a big heartbreak finally catches somebody's attention. A physical break, which happened in my story, <laughs> definitely woke me up, right? I was literally immovable physically, right? So that, that had to open me up in some way, right? What was my other option? If I can't move around like I was so accustomed to, 
How would I, what would I focus on? How would my life change, right? So it doesn't have to be that way, but often it is that way. So I want you to just entertain that for a second. Where in your life are you trying, quote unquote, to progress, or you think you should be progressing somewhere, but it's actually not progress at all. You're actually working against yourself and there's no flow there. There's no grace there. You're just trying to force. You're just trying to hustle. You're just trying to push, right? What I want to offer and what I want to provide for you today is soul awareness and the ability to start practicing soul awareness so that you can align your spirit with the spirit of God. Hashtag God's vibes matter, right? Because the reality is you will never be able to become all God has created you to be unless you have the faith to stop and assess what's happening inside. But I'm going to help break down at least on a very surface level today because a lot of this work I do one-on-one with clients, but I'm going to break it down on a very surface level today is the practice of soul awareness, okay? And your soul is made up of what's going on in your mind, what's going on in your emotions, what's going on in your insides, what's happening in your heart. What are you actually using your willpower to do? The power that you have, the divine power that you have, what are you actually using that to create in the world. You will never be able to become all God has created you to be unless you have the faith to stop and assess what's happening inside. Stopping isn't necessarily about taking a month-long vacation or completely leaving your, your, your home or your city or your local community or planning something epic for you to do so you can actually take a time out. It's actually just stopping your world. And you can do this every day. Just put your phone in a drawer. (laughs) Turn off your phone and put it in a drawer for a couple of hours and watch how much more aware you start to become. Or remove TV from a room. And that can be where your secret place is. (laughs) And imagine if you don't have any distractions, where your mind will go. You're actually giving yourself an environment to assess what's happening on the inside and think about what you're thinking about and actually feel your feelings and start asking yourself some of these hard questions that we start running from, right? Because the more you run, you don't get more answers. You just get more stress and you just keep going faster. (laughs) And just... Getting somewhere faster doesn't mean that you're actually progressing. You're probably making it way more difficult than it needs to be, which makes it inefficient. And then you're not actually learning lessons. You're just pushing, okay? So stopping is about stopping your world. It doesn't mean that you have to change everything entirely. It's just sometimes people have the greatest moments of just stopping when they're in the shower, Or sometimes it's driving in the car without music on and just having a conversation with God. But these moments of stopping are intentional. It could be going for a walk out in nature rather than forcing things. So a couple of really great examples, (laughs) even in my own life, of how I still practice what I'm teaching you today, right? I don't give anything that I haven't personally experienced or that I don't know that it works or that I've practiced in some kind of way. So this past weekend, I have been... Well, one, I came off a weekend of or a month of just traveling back to back, and that was intense. And then I celebrated a birthday, and for my birthday, I decided to upgrade my entire master bedroom. Literally, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm getting rid of all the things. (laughs) 
all of them. And I'm just going to start over. But starting over, as exciting as it is, what is required is me to like build things also, which takes time. So I finally had this new mattress and new bed frame and like a lot of things built and in their place. And I just woke up and I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to give my soul exactly what it needs. I'm going to go make a warm drink and sit right back in this bed and read something lovely. And I sat there for three hours and read an entire book, but it was the most relaxing, reviving, refreshing thing that I could have done. It was beautiful. But I could have done so many other things. I I could have really pressed past that and said that I don't have time or I got to be way more productive or whatever the things were. But I was like, you know what? Like, this is exactly what my soul needs, exactly where I need to be. And this is just lovely. And I'm going to fully absorb all of this wonderful new that's happening rather than trying to rush on to the next thing. Then <laughs> I was sensing when I was doing some some work, there was just some bad, like the, uh, a whole day had just really an interesting flow. There was a lot of moodiness from people around me that I was interacting with. Um, and then I also had another piece of furniture that I was putting together in my um, dining room area. It's like a buffet cabinet table type thing. Um, more like dresser type thing, but it looks epic. It's really cool, but it's like so challenging to figure out how to put this together. But I'm like, I'm determined, right? (laughs) So it was not going well, but I was like, you know what? Okay. Today has this air of just like challenging and frustrating, but I don't need to engage any of that right? Like if people are in a mood, that actually has nothing to do with me and I don't have to take that on or challenge it or go out of my way to make sure people are good. Like I can be kind and serve, but I can also enforce my boundary too that I don't have room to let that into my world right now. And then I could also take a break from doing something or I could pray and ask God for help. And believe it or not, that's exactly what I did. I took a pause. So I like shook it off whatever was happening as I was going throughout my work day today. And then I decided to pray when I was working on building this whole cabinet buffet table thingy. (laughs) Um, And as I prayed, things literally like clicked into place and did what they were supposed to do. And I got like the insight that I couldn't get from like a manual. It was just insane, but it all came together. It literally clicked into place after I stopped my world and I prayed. Stop, drop, and pray. Wild. So those are just two two simple examples, even just in the past like couple days for me, of how it's so easy for somebody that is a doer, an achiever, a creator, a visionary, whatever, to keep knocking things out and to keep stretching yourself. But the harder thing sometimes, or the thing that takes more faith and more courage is to actually just stop. Knowing that often we make things worse when we just keep pushing or when we give into people's negative energy and partner with that, right? We start to get into a mood and then we start projecting that onto other people. So pausing. So I know something that works really well for me which is so strange because I didn't think that I was a physical touch person, but sometimes just getting a hug from somebody or just going to hug somebody, that will just release anything that's tense in me. It's the wildest thing, but you got to hugs. There's a lot of science about hugs and how great they are. But in terms of physical too, 
that actually really, really helps me. And having people around me, they're like, oh, you just need a hug right now. Like, I don't need to talk it out. I don't need to do any of that. I just like a hug, a solid hug. <laughs> we'll make it all better. And then I can like go back to whatever, you know, is on the day to do. So for what that's worth, stopping, just getting still, breathing, assessing, taking five, praying, right? These are things that you can do very simply versus we're trained to just push or we're trained to start gossiping or we're trained to start murmuring and complaining or start venting, right? Instead of doing all of that, have some soul awareness and being like, whoop, there's some moods around me, but you know what? I'm going to keep a good attitude. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to do with wisdom what I can do and I can shift this to a point, but my responsibility is not other people's moods and managing those. Mine is managing my own and managing the, the judgment or the meaning that I'm assigning to that. So I'm not going to give this negative meaning. I'm not going to make this mean anything about me. I'm just going to shift, right, completely. I'm aware of what's happening, and I'm not going to partner with that. I'm going to do what I can and what I'm led to do, and then I'm going to move on and not make it a thing, right? And that's just self-management, but it's from practicing soul awareness, okay? So wanted to share a little bit about that. Hopefully those examples are helpful. But what I want to share, too, is we mostly speak in vibrations, not words. How you communicate without saying a word is through vibration. How you feel about other people without saying a word is through vibration. How you discern whether a person, place, or thing is right for you or not right for you is through vibration. How you perceive the world around you, how you feel at any given moment, the state of your overall well-being, it's a vibration. And it changes high or low based on your uh, thoughts, based on your emotion. And as you become more aware and tune in with the spirit of God in you, you can learn how to live in harmony with that and your greatest good and improve your peace of mind, improve your health, improve all of those things. But this all comes from practicing soul awareness, okay? So vibrational-based living or Holy Spirit-led living is living day-to-day with intentionality and moving through life with awareness of forces operating from within you, through you, around you, and in all things. It's transformative because it creates a shift in how you see, sense, connect with, and respond to everything within and around you. So, so powerful. So when I talk about God's vibes matter, it's because a lot of times we can understand what a vibe is, right? Ooh, it just like, she has such a great vibe or that just was such a great vibe. Oh my gosh, the vibe of that place, right? We can feel something, we can perceive something, we can know something from a vibration, okay? So our thoughts, our moods, our attitudes, our intentions, our ideas, all of these things are vibrating. They are real, all right? But it's not something we can always see. It's something that we feel. It's something that we pick up on. It's something that we sense, okay? So becoming really aware of your soul is how you can start practicing soul awareness and start building vibration-based or Holy Spirit-led living, okay? So I want to start by saying, if you're outgrowing where you've been, you are right on schedule. The key here is to keep evolving, okay? So God loves you, right? 
too much to let you just stay where you are. He loves you too much to just let you stay where you are. Okay, but the key here is that you've got to know, even in your discomfort, especially in your discomfort, that you're being guided. And you don't need to move forward with people, with plans or opportunities if the vibe is not right. Okay? Spirit-filled real talk way to say this, if God's not on it, I don't want it. (laughs) If it's not for me, it ain't for me. Period. Like, I don't need to go figure out why. It's just not for me. I'm going to trust that what is for me is going to come to me or I'm going to be led to it. Okay? Vibration really matters because it's the root of ourselves. It's how we communicate internally and with the wider world around us. And it's how we sense and feel our way through whatever we find ourselves in. It's the spiritual force always radiating through all created things. So when you use this force for your higher good, you're able to more consciously and intentionally function and thrive in the world. Vibrations guide you when you're on a spiritual path. They guide you towards what's best for you and away from what isn't. They give you direction for tuning in to the Spirit of God and for tuning out of a life that isn't serving you so that you can really be present for a life that will. So constantly asking yourself, am I tuned in, is a way to start practicing soul awareness. Are my thoughts tuned into the mind of Christ? (laughs) Are my emotions aligned with the kingdom? And if not, again, not good, bad, right, or wrong, but what information are they giving me so that I can align, so I can come back home to that place of alignment, okay? So you've probably heard the example about a radio station, but for a radio station to be heard and enjoyed fully, the radio must be tuned in to the correct frequency, And this is the same for us. God has a rhythm. God has a frequency. And we are like human radios. And our bodies work like antennas that tune into frequencies and pick up signals and sense and communicate through vibration. Okay? So when we don't realize it, we are broadcasting and picking up signals continuously. Our vibration is always on, and we have to be tuned in to the correct frequency in order to function optimally, think clearly, heal properly, and offer, serve, and show up at our best. So being aware of your personal vibration and how it contributes to your well-being and your energy toward others empowers you. When you find yourself out of tune or off balance, you can choose not to remain trapped there, not to keep going along with whatever it may be, and instead to counteract in order to neutralize the unharmonious forces influencing you. This is what makes practicing soul awareness so powerful. You're in control. You can change the dial and make any necessary adjustments. You can take your power back, clear away any static, and return to a state of equilibrium, alignment, and harmony. That is power, okay? So are you currently thinking, living, and acting from a clear channel or from one that is out of tune and full of static? Are you in a harmonious state and environment or are you in one of disharmony and static? The spirit of God is inside you. 
It's already there. You've got indwelling power of God operating inside you. You're pre-wired with the capability to decide in which direction you shift your energy and attention towards all the time. The key is that you have to connect to the Spirit of God in you. So there are practices that you can do, and I'm just going to give you some, such as harmonizing yourself with what serves you and disconnecting from what doesn't. Even if you just practice just that alone, you'll change the entire trajectory of your life. But really, when you allow soul awareness to be your practice, you can embrace it so much so that you can overcome whatever it is that burdens your heart, stresses your mind, challenges your strengths, weighs your spirit down, or hinders your way forward. And most of us have something that is causing us imbalance, right? It could be negative self-talk, the unharmonious actions of a loved one, a toxic association or an interaction that triggers us, or a destructive cycle or habit that we're quietly or not so quietly trying to shake for the upteenth time. We can choose. Here's the key. We can choose because of the Spirit of God on the inside of us to no longer live on the terms set outside of us or by other people or even just previous stories that we've lived through, right? But we have to get out of autopilot. That's how that starts happening, okay? So you have to challenge yourself to get out of autopilot. And the moment you allow yourself to, to get out of autopilot, to choose your strength, to choose to be led, to choose to be guided, to receive that, to stop and receive that, that's when you win. <laughs> and you can build these wins every day. So remember here that you're not alone. God is with you. God is for you. And as you choose to step in your freedom and liberate yourself and rise above and vibrate higher daily, so to speak, you support God and his efforts in and through you. You align with him and you help him help you. You start co-laboring and really partnering with him. So a couple of things that you can start doing to practice soul awareness. Number one is just some contemplation. So whenever I'm offering questions to you, this is inviting you just to contemplate your current reality, your current state. Is it going well? Is it flowing? Is there grace on it? Is God on it? What's up with it, right? Just have some curiosity and investigate it. So all of life is here to be nurtured and nourished, okay? So you can really find a lot of beautiful practices along your journey. And often I have found that God will give you a personal prescription to nourish yourself. So I know when I first started exploring ways to start caring for myself, whether that was getting out in nature, whether that was practicing meditation, whether that was these deeper levels of self-care and even healing, I explored many, many things. Okay. And then I was like, "Mm, that's actually not for me or that worked for that season, but that doesn't really work anymore. So no, 
that you can build an arsenal of things that really supports you on your journey, but God will give you, and you can ask him for this, a personalized prescription to nourish yourself, okay? Think about it. We often don't know, especially when you're just new to this journey and you're just starting out, we don't know what will really help us mentally, physically, spiritually, creatively, right? Vibrationally, all the things. We don't know necessarily what will nourish us, especially if we've never been nourishing ourselves, right? But God knows exactly what you need, okay? So you can, the key here is just to start exploring with God the best way to connect to what will nourish you, okay? And as you discover what does, you can find a way to return to these things daily or as often as power as often as possible to really access your power, okay? So connecting to what does make you vibrate higher, so to speak, and feel like yourself again is a way towards living in and expressing your power and increasing your capacity to do that. So that's the first one, contemplation. Number two is just take time. Literally put this on your calendar like you would any other important meeting. Take time each day to fortify and recharge by connecting to what makes you vibrate higher. Do more of the things that affect you in a way that there's no language for. Only feelings of vibrating higher. And keep in mind too that the path for you might change in different seasons or different transitions and life changes, right? So stay open and connected with God throughout all this, but take time for yourself for that contemplation to recharge and to really make space for the spiritual practices that will serve you the most, okay? Another one is to harmonize. When you don't feel like yourself or you become overwhelmed by the journey, harmonize, okay? This is where you literally take your power back. It's stopping to put yourself back together. It's the gathering of yourself, your life, and your energy. It's finding a resting place. It's restoring your inner light. It's reclaiming your way. It's celebrating or mourning what you need to. It's releasing what doesn't belong to you and shedding what doesn't serve you. It's discharging and recharging, and it helps you nurture your wholeness. And it's a sacred space you enter into and don't leave until you're fortified and vibrating higher and feel like yourself again. So this for me often is in seasons of healing where if there was trauma involved, if there was a sense of being uh, blindsided or shocked, in order to come back to myself after or being destabilized in such a way, I have to go through a time or a period of harmonizing, okay? There's times where you can do this throughout your day too on a very um, simple level, but sometimes it's seasonal and the focus is just staying in and practicing harmonizing. Another one is discharging the energy. Because we really are energetic beings, vibrational influences in the world directly affect our wellness, okay? We have to have a way of discharging or clearing the energy that we accumulate in our everyday lives. And this is absolutely crucial to maintaining a state of equilibrium, inner strength, and well-being, 
Vibrating higher daily is how we purify our lives of any unwanted outside influences and take time to discharge. So sometimes discharging the energy could be something that you release physically. So I know that I am somebody that that is that way. If I hold a lot in my mind or in my insides, I need a physical way to release that. Going for a run and like getting the adrenaline going, just like, you know, sometimes it's verbal processing and just talking it out, not even to get a solution, but just to talk it out, right? There could be different things that you do. Sometimes it's, um, you know, doing breath work that that could really do it. But there's got to be a way that you're actually releasing and getting it out of you. So you could be saying declarations. It's really hard to stay mad when you're actually declaring truth in your world. Because <laughs> that takes energy. Another step is to honor the process. Your spiritual process is really, really sacred. Okay? And there's certain parts of the process that cannot be skipped and are vital to your alignment and every other part of your journey. And it's important that you take time to honor the process, including your mind, including your body, your heart, your spirit, your soul, your lifestyle. You honor the process by taking the necessary time to open up to it and allow change to come in. Okay, just as vital, we need to honor the process by taking intentional action when we need to, even in fear, discomfort, and doubt. And this, in turn, moves the process farther along and into higher levels. Okay, so I remember at one point in my journey, I really thought that I had suffered enough. (laughs) I just thought, man, like I should have quote unquote arrived at some point, right? To some degree, after you've like suffered quite a bit, you're like, okay, am I done yet? Like, what the heck? We're just going to keep building suffering? Like, this doesn't feel good. And I remember somebody was talking to me about how I was in a season of what she was articulating as the dark night of the soul. And I know that this is a learned language. This is a learned process. And there's many spiritual teachers that might talk about this. But I don't believe necessarily that God sends us on a dark night of the soul, for the record. However, there was just the season of my life. And what happens is anything that you identified with, you're literally shedding. Like anything that was previously a part of your identity. So... You know, whether that was if you identified as an athlete or an academic or because of a certain relationship or because of your image or whatever the things were, anything that you could have rooted your identity in suddenly is removed. And you're like, whoa, (laughs) if none of that fits anymore, then what is going on? Like, who, who are the right people to be in my life or what? Am I here to create? What do I even want to create? Can I even create? Like you literally start going on this. I've heard it said like a quarter life crisis. There's a midlife crisis, but you're on an internal crisis of some kind. And that's essentially the dark night of the soul where you're like, I'm aware of so many things that I don't like. Now what? Right. You're like, whoa, it can feel super overwhelming. Which leads to the next thing, create mood awareness. So moods are vibes, okay? And this is one of the reasons, similar to Tony Robbins actually, um, that I am such a a vibe expert at this point in my life, (laughs) at being really able to read moods because I had to become 
a practical psychologist going up. Very similar, like I said, to Tony Robbins. His mother was somebody who struggled with alcoholism, so was the one that raised me. And you have to really learn when somebody's under the influence and when they're not, or like when they're in a mood or when they're not, and how to really anticipate and get really good at managing energy and figuring things out before they happen and having all these backup plans and really being able to assess environments without words. So moods are vibes. <laughs> um, they're vibrations expressing themselves. They create the atmosphere and energy field around us and within us. Our moods highlight and reveal our current vibration. Our moods set the tone of our days and our experiences and they are the way we express our vibration to the world. They can be contagious and set the vibrational atmosphere of the spaces we enter and live in. And our most dominant and consistent mood eventually evolves into the vibrational theme of our days, weeks, months, years, life, and reality. We can experience many moods within the course of a day. And it's up to us to decide which ones we allow and give our power to. So something that's really interesting, I have been graced to work with really big influencers, multi-billionaires, multi-millionaires. I've been graced to be in leadership with them and have influence with them. But what I've noticed is it doesn't matter how much influence you have, sometimes these higher level people actually don't have very strong mood awareness. It's wild, okay? And how they manage themselves, their mind, their emotions, all of that really impacts their influence. It impacts their team. It impacts their leadership. It impacts their capacity. So many things. And often, as aware of all of their giftings and their talent, what they're actually really good at stewarding in the world, they're completely unaware of themselves. Wild, okay? But when working with people like that, my key is my one of the keys. <laughs> there have been many, but one of the keys is to really model mood awareness and how I manage myself and influence through that. A lot of the influence that I have isn't always speaking. It's modeling behavior. It's wild. Next one, cultivate an inner and outer sanctuary. We all need to have a place that's sacred and just for us, within us and around us. And so you get to create and give this space to yourself over and over however you can. So I was somebody that moved a lot, moved, let's see, moved at least seven, eight times, maybe more, just off the top of my head. So moving that many times and starting over, it was really important for me every time that I was doing that. It never felt easier or more comfortable. It felt just as jarring and kind of like, what now? Every time. But what was really important and I learned over time was to start creating spaces where I felt safe, that felt inviting, that I felt like I could relax in, that I felt like I could make my own, that I could come home to. So I got really good at doing that. So that's even why I decided to redo my entire master bedroom. I've really been feeling lately to have more spaces that I can kind of just like cozy up and rest with God. <laughs> so I literally have a space like that in every single room, sometimes multiple spots in any room, um, just 
for me to, to just flow literally. And I've had different people in my home recently and they're wondering if it's a model home or if I just do Airbnb or like how, you know, my, my room looks like a hotel room. Like how, how does this happen? Right? Like this isn't real, but it's really, really important for me to be cultivating that. So even with my vehicle, for example, people still think that's a new car, but I believe that it's part of honoring yourself to, to really create spaces where you can care for yourself. And often when you just have a mess everywhere, it's a reflection of what's happening on the inside of you. So I like having things orderly and simple. And I like being able to get to those places within too, uh, just so I can live with greater peace, joy, and freedom. So the other place too is I think it's really important to cultivate inner peace, to know who I am, to live powerfully from that place, to be able to set boundaries, to confront things that are not okay, to speak my truth, to show up and serve and create. And I've found that I can't create and I can't care for and I can't steward well what I've been given when I'm in a fog or when I'm not clear or when I'm not really intentional about caring for myself. It just gets messy and I don't like that. I don't like what is in the wake of my showing up that way all of the little ripples that I'm sending out. I don't like not being intentional about that. So for what it's worth, cultivate an inner or outer sanctuary. This is something that you can just get really good at. Turn to self-care. Self-care has profound healing capacity for you. It nourishes your mind, your body, your heart, your soul. It restores emotional, psychological, and spiritual harmony. So when I was sharing that I just sat on my bed and read an entire book. I really love that because if you were somebody that could have been similar to me and you didn't really grow up with a lot of strong um, parental influence or leadership or mentorship around you, you can find mentors in books and you can really learn a lot from people's life stories and how they've really, you know, followed their own hero's journey, so to speak. You can learn a ton. So I love reading and getting refreshed. And when my mind is challenged in that way, it just causes so much more flow in me too and ideas and revelation and all that to come. But there's times where I've been lost, hurting, exhausted, and just looking for help and to find a place of healing and peace. But I really discovered through self-care that I have the power to shift all of that. And anything that I was looking outside of me, I really didn't need necessarily because I didn't need a fix outside of me. I just needed to keep coming back home to God and remember who I am and what who he is and how he can change my life. And I can keep coming back and back to that place versus looking at something outside of me. So you can really keep liberating yourself until you're empowered again. And that's the key of soul awareness is to legit keep liberating yourself until you feel empowered again. That is the name of the game. So my challenge to you is to take care of your soul, (laughs) to intentionally take care of your soul. If you are not making this time for you or this time for God, what are you making time for? And a lot of times we live as if we have all of that time, you know, all the time in the world, but nothing is promised, right? We can't take life 
for granted in that way. So I just want to encourage you. There was a beautiful prayer that I came across in quiet time today. And I just want to share that with you as we wrap up here for anybody that's been in a really hard time or hasn't found that they've been practicing this soul awareness. God sees you. God can even hear these longings, these desires, these inner whispers that you don't even say out loud anymore. God knows all of those and he's a very present help in time of trouble and he wants to give you that peace that surpasses all understanding and the way to do that is to start practicing soul awareness. So my encouragement to you is to start and I'm definitely here to help you along the journey. If you are new, you can visit julianapage.com and go to the work with me tab to learn how we can connect and how I can serve you. But here is the message for today. The enemy has come like a flood to drown you in heartache and discomfort. It has felt like a never ending battle, yet you have stood, you have prayed, you've done all you know to do, still you're not seeing the breakthrough. Beloved, I have come to tell you, though you are weary, Do not faint. Though your heart aches, release the pain to me. I am planning the victory. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life in abundance. Your battles have become my battles. Don't be deceived by what you see. The enemy wants to trick you into thinking he's won, that nothing will ever change except to get worse, but he's a liar. Stop listening to him. Look at me. Just because you don't see what I'm doing doesn't mean I'm not orchestrating your breakthrough. You're staring at the circumstances, but I'm calling you to rise above them and declare your victory in advance, even if you've done it a million times already. Right now, I'm breathing hope into you again. I've gone before you with a roar and I'm making open the way. Psalm 56, 8 through 9 says, You've kept track of all my wandering and weeping. You've stored up many tears in your bottle. Not one will be lost, for they are all recorded in your book of remembrance. The very moment I call to you for a father's help, the tide of the battle turns and my enemies flee. This one thing I know, God is on my side. God is on your side and cares about your heart, cares about your mind, cares about your emotions, cares about your soul. Where man looks at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. Start practicing soul awareness. God is on your side and he will absolutely help you. All right, everybody, until next time, stay blessed.